Granny Kanoff with ChampionshipBBQ.tv, and you're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Yay! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big barbecue central show. This is the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. The show originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Bomb City, USA, Cleveland, Ohio, the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host. Greg Rempe, happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday evenings live fire fun and frivolity show. If you want to jump in the show this evening or you want the contact info, here's it all. Here's all of it. You can get in touch with the show by sending an email to Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Follow us on all the social media channels at BBQ Central Show. And be sure to subscribe to the show podcast feed on your favorite podcast platform. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you can get the newsletter coming up in about 12 minutes from now. If you are a fan of competition barbecue, if you are a casual fan of competition barbecue, if you're just a casual fan of the industry that we find so near and dear, then you know this past weekend was a very big weekend when it comes to the world of competition. Some would consider it to be the first major that kicks off the majors for the rest of the calendar year. That takes place in Memphis, Tennessee. And this evening, I am hopeful to have at least half of the winning team. 30 minutes ago, I received an email that I cannot confirm nor deny was either jest or truth. If jest, I am hopeful that we will have 100% of the winning team. If truth, then I am only hopeful we will have 50% of the team. And that 50% of the team that is showing up tonight did not. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> Did not show up last week. Because he forgot about the show last week. However, in his own right, he might be trying to rework how the show Karma operates. Blew the show off. I mean, forgot about the show last week. Competed the following weekend at Memphis in May. Him and his partner win not only the hog category, but win the whole damn thing. World champion. So we could be hearing from both Brad Leiniger and Tim Shear. Respectively, getting basted and shake and bake barbecue together, blues hog competition team. Or we might just hear from Tim Shear, blues hog shake and bake, to hopefully 
get some kind of a recap on what it's like to win Memphis in May, and especially from their perspective, considering the perennial favorites that seem like, uh, you know, out of all the teams that are competing, if you talk to people about Memphis in May, I think there's a rough handful of five or six teams that you would chalk up year after year as being the perennial favorites to win it. And I don't think, no disrespect, by the way, to Brad and Tim, I don't know if Blues Hog was one of those perennial teams that you would stick on there because, quite frankly, they're not a perennial team. I think the first time they competed was last year, and they won the shoulder division, and this would be their second year together, and they just won it all. So very impressive, to say the least, on many different levels. So hopefully Tim shows up, hopefully Brad shows up, hopefully one of the two of them show up, because if we do not have either one of them show up, we're going to have an extended cigar segment, everybody. Bust out the humidor. Bust out the sticks that you've been saving for a, a special occasion because we're going to be filling it all with cigar talk otherwise and maybe an athlete or porn star game. But we'll have to see what shakes out here over the next few minutes. So we're hoping to see a Memphis and May world champ in some degree in about 12 minutes from now, now uh, eight minutes from now. Regardless of that, 35 past the hour, we will a lot, regardless if it's taking up the first segment to fill or not. Phil leads into the second guest. Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority podcast will be joining us once again. Last time we suffered a little bit of technical difficulty, didn't get near the content covered that I was hoping to. So we'll do a little revisit in that regard on some of the more important stuff that I thought we should rehash again, and then we'll get into a number of topics here that I have collected my thoughts on over the past number of weeks since his last visit, and we have iced out all the technical issues. So from a high level, should be a phenomenal segment audibly and technically. I know the entertainment and the knowledge is going to be there, whether you can hear us or not, because the guy's an absolute expert. So looking forward to catching up with Mr. Jonathan at 35 past. Then we will move into the second hour where you would usually find Susie and Todd Bullock from Hey Grill Hay in their quarterly segment. They had to back out late last week because of some other family commitments that they could not get out of or didn't want to get out of, and that's more important, which I certainly understand. However, I was able to backfill with now second-time guest and the food and barbecue writer for the San Antonio Express News, Chuck Blount. Couple different unique bits of topic that we'll be talking with Chuck about. Not the least of which, in the land of barbecue and Texas, and when you run those two together, people would say that is the hotbed. That's the place they want to go to eat barbecue. Something is making its way onto the barbecue menus across the land of Texas. Can you guess what it is? You might be surprised. I was a little shocked. It seems to be trending. We'll talk to Chuck about that. We'll also talk to him a little bit about the competition scene that's going on down there because, as you recall, Chuck billed himself as a competition cook to a certain degree. And then we will end it on lists. And when somebody puts together a list from a news outlet, what's incumbent upon them as a journalist 
in regards to putting together a list, what's ethical, what's not. And we will talk to Chuck about all of that because he just named Burnt Bean Barbecue out there in Seguin, Texas as best barbecue around his region. So we'll talk to him about that. And then closing out the show this evening, a pal of mine who also hosts a barbecue-related podcast, Kevin Sandridge, was boots on the ground at Memphis in May, taking it in a whole different capacity than some of the competitors that we'll be talking about uh, or talking to here next segment, of course. So we'll get Kevin's take on how Memphis in May went down, what he was able to get for his particular show, content you might be able to look forward to with his particular podcast coming up as it relates to Memphis in May. So always looking forward to catching up with Kevin because he shares a similar passion with me covering this industry and then bringing it to you in his own unique way. So that's how the show lays out here this evening. Blues Hog coming up here shortly. Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority podcast after that. Second hour, Chuck Blount and Kevin Sandridge. That's the show if you need it. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com is the email address. If you want to follow me socially, you can do that. Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram at BBQ Central Show. Live video feeds can be found on Facebook and Twitch slash BBQ Central Show over on Facebook. I'm sorry, over on YouTube as well, slash RD Rempe and audibly on Clubhouse as well. So we have a minute left. I don't know if this is even the right amount of time to do what I want to do. So I'll just go ahead and leave that for now. Uh, however, I do want to mention this. In regards to a show I did a few weeks back where I referenced legendary barbecue rib burner Billy Bones, I wanted to show you a picture because a lot of you emailed me and said, who's Billy Bones? Well, as you can see right there, Billy Bones is on the right. And who's that on the left? Not only do we have a barbecue legend on the right, there is a barbecue legend on the left. If you're a fan of this show, you know exactly who that is. That's Jim Quisenberry, Mr. the original Mr. Memphis in May. This picture sent to me by his son, Michael, who is a loyal fan of the show, which I certainly appreciate. And as I had mentioned, many of you wrote into me after Billy was mentioned, saying that you weren't familiar with him, didn't know much about him other than what I just spouted off very quickly. So there is a picture of two barbecue legends. I mean, when is that picture taken the early 80s, mid 80s at the latest. I mean, look at the decor. Look at the clothing. Are these two guys that you're looking at when you say, hey, what's the prototypical barbecuer look like? It's these two guys. These are your prototypical barbecuers and what they look like. So I thank Michael for kicking that photo over to me. And now um, I got to Tell Tim to get on just in case. He's not in there. All right, we did that. That's good. Hey, uh, before we get to hopefully talking about Memphis and May with a world champion, at least 50% of the team, I'll talk to you quickly about Oklahoma Joe's, new sponsor of the show. Since the company's humble beginnings in 1987, Oklahoma Joe's has helped those who appreciate the process and craft of smoking. What began with Joe Davidson, a member of the Barbecue Hall of Fame, and a dozen hand-built smokers at the Oklahoma State Fair 30 years ago has since forged an Oklahoma Joe's brand that builds some of the most sought-after smokers. Oklahoma Joe's has a proud history of creating uncompromising grills and smokers with a carefully crafted design. And the new generation of the popular Rider Series pellet grills carries on that tradition. The new features 
of the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grill include a Pit Control 2.0 system that delivers the category's first dual sensor temperature control. Fire Focus dual sensor feedback optimizes temperature control on the selected cooking style, low and slow smoking or high heat grilling. A power feed system that boasts a high torque auger motor that powers through pellets with incredible performance and power. And the Rider Deluxe Series builds on several popular features, including a smoke and sear mode, which features an impressive temperature range from 200 degrees to 650 degrees if you need it, and a 20-pound quick-draw hopper that allows unused pellets to be drained in seconds for simple storage, removal, and swapping of pellet flavors. How about that? OklahomaJoes.com is the email, or I'm sorry, is the website oklahomajoes.com if you want to check it out. I'll talk to you about that in the second hour as well. We are trying to find Tim Shear. I will do my very best at corralling him. So stick around and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by the Barbecue Guru, creators of automatic temperature control devices, sellers of ceramic cookers with built-in power draft fans, and accessories to make your barbecue and grilling life easier. Visit bbqguru.com for more information or call them. 800-288-GURU. The Barbecue Guru continuing to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. My next guest will now wear the Memphis in May World Championship crown for the next 12 months as they took on all comers and reigned supreme at the end of it all this past Saturday. Beating out Heath Riles in ribs, Sweet Twine of Mine in Port Shoulder, the event that this team actually won last year. One of them is also single-handedly changing how the Barbecue Central Show karma works. So let's recap and where they go from here. We race to the Oklahoma Joe's Rider DLX Pellet Grills Hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Tim Shear. Hey, Tim. Hey, Greg. Can you hear me? I can hear you if you can hear me. I think we're ready to go. I'm showing a picture of Brad Leininger, who has unceremoniously found it a little too difficult to join us here this evening, 30 minutes out of show, but that's fine. The man himself will carry the segment. Is Wait, now let me back this up just for a second. I'm playing a little bit of sleuth here, Tim. Is Brad competing this coming weekend? I have no idea. Uh- my hunch is he might be competing, and now he's trying to pull 
the new Tim Shear move of booking and then shining the show only to win the following weekend. <laughs> That's probably what he's doing. It's not a bad move. Man. Yes, it well, works. I mean, you win a Memphis and May World Championship, it's hard not to want to back that up to see if it's shenanigans yeah. or if it's there's something to that. So uh, we got plenty yeah, of... Plenty sure he's st- testing it out, yeah. Yeah, why not? So uh, plenty of stuff to get to here tonight, Tim, and I make uh, appreciate you making time for me here this evening to kind of recap. So Team Blues Hog... Last year, for those that don't know, win the pork shoulder category. Huge deal considering who has won that segment in years past, namely uh, Tuffy Stone, uh, Mark Lambert, Chris Lilly comes to mind. Uh, no one has more than Chris Lilly, by the way. So not a bad showing for the quote-unquote newcomers to the Memphis and May stage. When you look back even a year ago and just winning that segment, uh, what was that like for you and Brad uh, getting that achievement? I mean, it was unreal. I mean, you know, uh, neither one of us had ever cooked a pork, whole pork shoulder in our life, you know, so, you know, going down to Memphis on the biggest stage and, you know, just kind of, kind of winging it a little bit. And, you know, we knew we could cook good, good tasting pork. We just, you know, we weren't sure about the timeline. We weren't sure about the onsite judging. We weren't sure about the blind box. I mean, you know, it's one of those things where we just went down there and, turned it loose kind of nothing to lose type deal and and um you know it turned out and and that and that kind of lit another fire so here we are tim Shear joining us from team blues hog of course you would know him from shake and bake <laughs> barbecue as well a highly accomplished kcbs competition team blueshog.com the website so this past weekend both you guys head back to memphis and may as you talked about winning the shoulder category last year lights or invigorates another fire for this year, but you don't go to defend the shoulder title here this past weekend. You went down to do the whole hog segment, and I'm sure I don't have to point out the obvious items here, right? Jack's Old South, Yazoo's Delta Q, The Shed, all perennial favorites to win hog, and then ultimately GC, the whole damn thing. So why go hog and not try to defend the shoulder title? I mean, more than anything, last year it was, okay, you know, everybody comes up and says, what are you going to do next? You know, are you going to cook hog? Are you going to do this? You know, how, you know, we need to build a bigger drum if we're going to cook hog. All this, all this kind of just, uh, you know, BS talk that everybody was throwing around. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to cook hog and we're going to build a bigger drum and we're going to, and we're going to, you know, we're going to give it a shot. You know what I mean? It's just one of those things like, you know, it's Memphis and May. Why not? I mean, that's it's go big or go home down there is, is the name of the game, right? So, um, you know, that's just uh, that's just what we did. Now, when you're talking about people coming up to you and saying, "What are you going to be doing next?" Like specifically, they're coming up to you and Brad because I don't ever recall having conversations with previous world champ of Memphis and May winners, Chris Lilly, Tuffy Stone. I mean, you know, the list goes on. I don't want to name drop. They've never said people came up to me and said, oh, well, you've won. You know, Chris Lilly's never said I've won shoulder uh, 28 times at Memphis in May. Now I'm going to switch to hog. He found a honey hole and stuck mm-hmm. with it, and he's got the titles to prove it. So were people just coming up to you guys because you're KCBS and they know you're a little uh, little bit of a risk taker duo saying, okay, well, you did shoulder, knocked it out of the park, good for you. Show me what's next. Um, by people, I probably mean more of our inner group, to uh-huh. be honest with you. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just kind of more or less just sitting, sitting around, just, you know, shooting, shooting the breeze and, and, 
you know, wouldn't it be cool type stuff? You know what I mean? And, and I don't know. I mean, that's kind of when people say, wouldn't it be cool? Or when I think of that, I'm, you know, would it be cool if we did whole hog? Would it be cool if we built a big drum? I mean, that's, that's about all it takes for me, Greg. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll build a drum, I'll, I'll raise a hog, whatever it takes, man. I mean, it's, I love a challenge, you know what I mean? And, and, um, you know, honestly, we haven't done as much KCBS this year, just, you know, the same old, same old gets old to me sometimes. So, I mean, I just love a new challenge and, and pushing ourselves to a new limit. Um, that's kind of what, uh, you know, that's kind of what keeps me going. Tim, could I make an argument or was there ever any thought between you and Brad where whole, there are some whole hog assassins in that field? I had listed them off. Uh, they had all won not only the segment, but they had won world championships accordingly. But there are a volume less of whole hoggers compared to rib and shoulder cooks. So just by simple math, your odds are a little bit better to win that segment. Was that ever any discussion? Not really, Greg, honestly, because, um, you know, I mean, we did ribs the first year and we got a top five in it and stuff. And, um, you know, there's more rib cooks, but there's still a, a select few that, um, you know, that are, that are there to really compete and win. You know what I mean? There's a lot of partiers in the rib group, I think, um, you know, and then you get into shoulder and it's a little bit less and then whole hog is it's a it's a tighter knit group you know i mean it's everybody in the whole hog category could win so um you know that's not really why at all i mean it was it was really just um a challenge to ourselves more than anything i mean um i mean yeah i mean i have so much respect for all the people in the whole hog category and the whole you know the whole contest i mean it's it's um you know if you look at the past winners i mean it's a hard mm -hmm. hard code to crack you know so um, did we go in there expecting to win? I mean, we wanted to win. I mean, that's the reason we went, right? So, um, it's one of those things where, you know, we went down there to give it our best shot and that was about all, the only thing we worried about, you know, I mean, um, I wasn't worried about anybody else, but what we were doing. And that's, you know, that's kind of how I focus every, you know, focus on every competition is, is do what we can do. And that's all you can control. Tim Shear joining me here on the show from Blues Hog, Pitmaster Shake and Bake Barbecue Team. So, Tim, I've come to know both you and Brad as very high-level KCBS cooks. In my opinion, Brad is arguably one of the best competition cooks here in the last decade or so to do it, period. Um, three out of the four KCBS Team of the Year titles or something along those lines. I think the last one to win it besides Brad was Travis, and we all know how great of a cook Travis is. But outside of that... I don't necessarily know you or Brad to be experienced whole hog cooks. Uh, are one or both of you that good of whole hog cooks? <laughs> I mean, obviously, yes, but I mean, I just didn't know that. We're the best in the world, Greg. Yes, that's right. You got damn right. Got title to prove it. No doubt. Uh, no, it's real <laughs> funny. I mean, no, we're not. You know what I mean? And, and we're, I, I wouldn't claim to be, but. Uh, what we are is we're cooks, you know, and, and we're not robot cooks. You know, that's, that's, I think what separates ourselves from some other people that are following a recipe or a timeline or a, or a program that they got from somebody off the internet or whatever, you know what I mean? And, and, you know, no disrespect, but I mean, we're, we're inventing what we do, you know what I mean? So, um, I mean, nobody's built a, a mega drum, 550 gallon drum smoker before. So, you know, there's no guidelines, you know what I mean? So what we do is just follow our instincts and, 
and um you know just do what we think is right and if it's wrong well we screwed it up if not it'll work you know so um you know adapt and overcome and 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 try to finish it the best we can and um you know that's our style and and that's the way i like it um i mean i don't know i don't know how else to put it it's just one of those things like you know um uh, you know it's kind of a nothing to, nothing to lose mentality and and kind of a grip it and rip it and go big or go home and if it doesn't work well we'll try again next year but um we're going to leave it all out there and and we did this year man i mean it took it took a lot more prep and a lot more you know i mean we literally you know i literally had the hog you know bread and and raised it on our farm and fed it and you know built the drum last year and we got another one finished just about a week before the contest um, so we had two of them you know what i mean so that, i mean there's just things that that went on behind the scenes and you know we got a bigger site we got more team members we got you know just start to finish top to bottom we just you know tried to crank it up a notch this year and 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 i think that's what what it takes at memphis to to be considered legitimate you know i mean it's on site is a huge part of it and and that's another thing that i think we excelled at i mean our on site was awesome i mean we just brought energy and and the judges came in happy and they left even happier i mean it was just one of those things where it's like you know we don't take it too seriously i mean brad and i have a you know we have a funny relationship where you know we beat each other up but we build each other up at the same time and and um you know i think the judges uh latched onto that and they embraced it and you know, and then we had the hog to back it up. When we talk about that cooker, and for the folks that haven't seen the Mega Drum, you can go on to Google and start searching around for it. It comes up pretty quickly. It's a it's a huge departure from even your biggest Gateway Drum smoker. For those that don't know, Tim also is the the maker of Gateway Drum smokers, very popular in the competition circuit and backyards as well. That's a huge upgrade in size, in <clears throat> thermodynamics, in cooking then you would go from, you know, like the 50 gallon to now like 550, whatever you said it was. That's, that's huge. Is there, a, is there a big learning curve on that? Or does it, for all intents and purposes, run exactly like the 50? <laughs> Honestly, Greg, it, it runs exactly the same. Wow. And I don't know how or why or what, but, you know, the first time, it was last summer, we cooked up in Kansas City for, a, for the Q Festival up there. And, um, you know, the first thing we cooked was a whole hog just for the festival. And, I was like, all right, well, let's, you know, let's light it up and see what happens, you know? And, and literally like within a 30 minutes or so, the thing was running 300 degrees steady Eddie with like a quarter inch of air on each intake. And it was just like, wow. you know, we all looked at each other. We're like, what the heck, you know? you know, I mean, we couldn't have probably got luckier, I guess, but, um, and the way it cooked the hog, I mean, we had like the perfect crispy skin, you know what I mean? And, and, uh, which is hard to do, I think on a whole hog, um, I've never done one, not on the drum, I guess. So, uh, it, you know, it just happened, you know, and the color was great. Um, you know, the way we had the fire baskets, we could move them around and, you know, focus on the shoulders or focus on the hams, you know, if they were lagging behind. I mean, it was just, um, you know, it was just a, you know, follow your instinct type cook. And, and it just happened to work out. I mean, our blind box, honestly, man, was, was a bit of a train wreck. And, you know, so that's the first thing we had to do it. You know, at one thirty, we're turning in our blind box, and I'm I'm mad as hell at that point. You know, I mean, I I was like, wow, we just did all this and and goofed up on the on the thing we should do best at, you know, which is a blind box, you know. But <clears throat> so you know, but we had five minutes to turn it around, and our first judge was already sitting there, ready to go. I mean, 
So, I mean, we literally cleaned it up. I mean, the, the cooker, the drum was not even out yet. Like we had it still running way too hot, but we're sitting here dumping water on it and throwing our garnish in as fast as we possibly could. Cause the judge was there, you know, it was just a, a crazy whirlwind, you know, team effort type deal. And everybody just went with it and pulled it off somehow. I mean, it's just one of those things where you couldn't have drawn it up like that. Probably never will again, but you know, it just happened to work out, which, you know, we're thankful for. Tim, before we get to the, the final results and talk about feelings and all that stuff, let's explore the dynamics of this specific team a bit. I would imagine that two teams with whom I would consider to be alpha pitmasters, such as yourself and Brad, it might be difficult to not want to have one or the other fella do it their way. How do you avoid any of that nonsense, or can you not avoid it? You have your bickers and, and chippiness, but you also realize there's a goal at hand and you're somehow able to work through it. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. I mean, we've got strong personalities on the whole on the whole crew, not just Brad and myself. But, you know, we had some guys from other teams that, that um, you know, we invited, and, and we invited them for a reason. You know, we respect them as a cook, and and um we respect him you know you know as a friend and entertainment <laughs> sometimes more than anything so uh you know just for everybody just to kind of chip in at the right time is awesome and um and brad and i we have we uh, always go back and forth i mean if anybody's ever been to our barbecue class it's you know it, it, neither one of us is ever wrong but um if one is it's typically him so um right. you know so that's how it goes but you know, at the end of the day, we just keep rolling. I mean, we don't we don't take it seriously. We just you know just keep rolling to the next. You know, and sometimes we got to listen to each other, and sometimes we we just blow it off. You know, so um, I don't know. Somehow it works. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but it does work. You win shoulder last year. That's great. What's it like winning hog this year? Honestly, I don't even know if it could sink in. Like I don't I don't look at myself and think, oh wow, I'm a whole hog cooker. You know what I mean? Like this. It's nothing we've ever done before. I mean, you know, if you give me ribs or a pork butt or anything else. I mean, yeah, we'll knock it out of the park. But, um, but I mean, when, when it comes down to it, it's pork, and and we, you know, we know the flavor, we know we know the tenderness, and you know, at the end of the day, we're, you know, that's what we shoot for, and and we can recognize that. So, um, you know, we cooked, you know, I cooked probably six or seven hogs throughout the last year. We did you know, some events and, you know, just different stuff and had a pretty good idea and, and definitely had a, you know, I knew he could do it as far as flavor and tenderness. Cause we did it a couple of times, probably on accident, but, um, you know, we really didn't have a, a true practice run, um, <laughs> other than the one that, that brother Dickie tried to cook on the, on the old hickory pit before we came, that was, a uh, ended up draining a couple of fire extinguishers on that one. But, um, other than that, that's, that's the only practice run we had. When you're standing up there with multiple-time world champ uh, Mark Lambert, uh, and then you got Heath Riles, who's no joke on ribs, and you hear Team Blue Hog called as overall world champ, can you compare that to – I mean, you've done a lot of winning, Tim, in your uh, relatively short career. Brad's done a lot of winning. I'm not going to ask you to speak for him, but is this the biggest single event win you've had? Yeah, absolutely, it is. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of been one of the one of the glaring things that stand out on my, I guess, uh, competition bucket list, if you will. 
uh, you know, winning an F, you know, just winning a major, you know, I mean, we've got reserve grand champion at almost every major competition there is, you know, the Royal, the Jack, uh, King of the Smoker, I mean, team of the year. I mean, everything that we've done that, you know, you set out as a goal and, you know, hope you can achieve someday is, you know, we've came up one not short. So, you know, it's really bad when you have the saying on the back of your shirt that says, if you're, if you ain't first, you're last, you know? So at some point you think, all right, do I need to get rid of that shirt or what? But, um, you know, I mean, it's just kind of, you know, keep at it, keep trying. And, and, um, you know, sooner or later, you know, we had a feeling it would happen and, you know, for it to be at Memphis right off the bat is just absolutely crazy. I mean, that's, um, you know, it's by far our biggest win. And, and I think Memphis in general, like when you talk about barbecue across, especially the, the Midwest and the, and the South, of course, I mean, all they do is ask, have you ever won, have you ever won Memphis, you know? And, and, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, okay, we won shoulder. Well, that's not as cool as saying, yeah, we've won Memphis, you know? So, uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. And, and to be up there with Heath Riles, a guy that's just done it so many times and done so well. And, and Mark Lambert, of course, I mean, unbelievable, you know what I mean? And uh, just everybody there, you know, Tuffy's going by and Chris Lilly's coming over afterwards and congratulating us. And, you know, we cook next to Melissa Cookston. So, I mean, it, it's just, you know, it's just, um, it's just very, uh, very surreal, I guess. I mean, just unbelievable, really. So, well, for know, the we're, next, we're living a dream. No doubt. And for the next 12 months, you'll be living with the title world champ at Memphis in May and world hog champ at Memphis in May as well. We're talking with Tim Shear, one of the pitmasters with Team Blues Hog and, of course, pitmaster of Shake and Bake Barbecue. Tim, always appreciate the time. Thanks so much for breaking this weekend down. Continued success. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Appreciate it, and uh, if you ever need me to win again, I'll just no-show your show. Again. All right, sounds good. He's son of a gun. All guests appear via the Oklahoma <laughs> Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills Hotline. It's the reverse karma that is now coming into vogue, evidently. Tim, next time you want to win an event, just let me know. I'll book you, and then just don't show up. How about that? That way it makes me feel a little bit better. Or we got Mr. J in the green room ready to come on. I will talk to you quickly about David Leans and the Do Wellness Program. Maybe you've heard that having a dad bod was cool. Well, take it from a stud like me. There's nothing sexy about wearing your gluttony everywhere you go. Not to mention, being overweight increases the risk of all causes of mortality, including strokes, cancers, coronary artery disease, sleep, apnea, hypertension. The list goes on. Making the decision to change decades-old food habits can mean the difference between you attaining your health goals versus dealing with the unknown health challenges that you and your family will have to face down the road. Luckily... Thanks to our pal, friend of the show, and backyard barbecue enthusiast, and kind of a social media maven, by the way, David McDowell, men's health and wellness coach. You can eat barbecue all year round and still lose the fat. fat. That's right. With David, you have assistance around the clock. He's just a text message, an iMessage, or a WhatsApp message, or an email away. He's also available for FaceTime, Zoom, WhatsApp, video chat. You need help. You got it, even on short notice. Now, some coaches, believe it or not, are charging up to $500 a month for what? A canned diet plan and one to two check-ins a month? Forget it. Partnering with David allows you access to a resource who's available effectively 24-7. In fact, 
you're not going to pay $500 a month or $400 a month or $300 a month. How about $200 a month? Can you invest $200 in your month? Forget this month, starting in June. So that means you have six months left. You can't invest $1,200 in yourself. You know in your mind you need to get a little bit more healthy. The cardio needs to get kicked up. You need a little support, though. You need somebody to hold you accountable. That's what's David for. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. Sign up right now. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. Tell them the show sent you. Follow him on Instagram at Earl's Cookout. It's fun. And see how he really eats. That's really him doing it. Plus, the guy's put together. He knows how to do it. Help yourself. DavidLeans.com slash BBQ. We are back with Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority podcast. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Presented by the Ryder Deluxe Pellet Grills from Oklahoma Joe's. Howard Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. This portion being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets for all your pellet-driven cookers. Visit CookinPellets.com for more information or to purchase or to see what other great products they have to lend a little bit of smokiness to your wood-fired foods. My next guest tonight is one of the co-hosts of the most popular and longest-running cigar podcasts in history. You can listen to the show every Saturday at noon Eastern live or just subscribe to the podcast, listen at your convenience. Last time we had a visit from the Echo Monster and then we had a visit from the Cut Off My Internet Monster, a shambles to say the least, but we are hopeful to push through a better segment tonight. So let's race to the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grill Hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority Podcast. Hey, Mr. Jonathan. God, I hope I did this right. You did it right, and you sound absolutely masterful, which we certainly appreciate. No doubt about it. Thank you. Thank you. I, I took I took your advice, and I got the right equipment. See what happens when you listen to the master. I tell these people. That's right. I got people that are worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and I say, please, go out and buy this $60 microphone. And it's like I've just asked them to not give me a loan, but to literally give me a third of their wealth or free use to their private planes. I mean, give me a break. No, this thing is magical. Yes. Magical. You I've used great. it a few times for a couple of different podcasts, a couple yes. of different Zoom calls. Everybody says it sounds good, and I'm happy with it. Mr. J, what's smoking good right now in the shop? Uh, well, I'm smoking a Bandolero right now, and uh, I cheat. I buy them well in advance, and I sit on them for a little while. Uh, as I do with most of my cigars, but uh, Bandolero right out of the box is great. Uh, everybody who listens to the Cigar Authority knows I'm a huge Aladino Corojo Reserve fan, and the Robustos are in their stride right now. I have just got to stop myself from buying box after box after box. Uh, also, in my regular rotation is JFR Lunatic, uh, CLE, especially the new Stadium Series, Garofalo La Familia in the Sun Grown Robusto Fire. Mm. Uh, any Perdomo in Sun Grown is just righteous. Mm -hmm. The new Padron 95 Natural is stellar. 
Uh, Buffalo 10, I know it's in your notes for later. I, ha- I have to say it because you reminded me of it. Uh, I smoke that often. Julius Caesar, Chardero Cabano. Just a, there's just a lot of good stuff on the market. We were suffering a bit through technical issues that I'd mentioned there at the top when we started to answer this question last time. So let's hit it again, and we'll mention Buffalo 10 here in about five, six seconds. When it comes to the up-and-comers in the industry, what names should we budding cigar enthusiasts that even the season pro be on the lookout for and why? El Artista is making some unbelievable stuff out of uh, Dominican Republic. Uh, Ram from El Artista is just a master. They're growing some of their own tobacco. They're they're almost vertically integrated. They're kind of on the cusp. They're really killing it. Uh, that kid, Yo um, Rojas, Noel Rojas, his stuff is fire right now. Uh, and then without getting into the the larger tier, the people that spend a million dollars or more in just uh, print ads, you've got uh, the folks at JFR, which is Aganorsa Leaf. Their stuff is really consistently good. Uh, Padron is in that second tier. They make about 2 million cigars a year. Uh, very well-known brand. Everybody assumes that they're much bigger than what they are, but vertically integrated, cedar boxes, uncellophaned on their 1964s and 1926s. Their stuff is really good. Uh, I mentioned Bandolero earlier, Perdomo. Uh, you could even get into smaller brands, which uh, I'm saying smaller, but I mean, half a million cigars a year with La Giana, the natural Maduro, and there's a new sweet-capped one, Angelic, all solid. We're talking with Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority podcast. Also on the retail side, the number two guys, cigars.com. If he mentions something here this evening that trips your trigger, you can go on over there and buy to your heart's delight. Mr. J, do you see people being pressured into brands or others being told that you should be smoking this or that, even though their particular palate might not agree with it? Because even as adults, we want to look cool, right? There's a douche factor in cigars like any other industry. So, and there's influencing going on where, uh, you know, people that they'll see something, for example, that I'm smoking in the shop and they'll say, well, what are you smoking? And I know that they're a mild smoker and I, I lean more toward medium to full bodied and full strength. And I'll say, you know what, Mike, I don't think this one's for you. And sometimes they'll they'll still pressure themselves into going. Mm. And really, I think the mistake for cigar smokers is, on one hand, people don't push their palate enough. And on the other hand, people just don't listen. So push your palate a little bit. You should reach out to your local tobacconist and lean on their expertise. I mean, they're professional cigar buyers. So lean on their expertise and see what you should be smoking to push your palate. And stay away from the legacy brands, the brands that are being gobbled up by the Jay Cortezes of the world and the Swisher Internationals of the world. These are just mega conglomerations of companies that are putting out mediocre cigars mm. at the top tier pricing because we, uh, the consumers, are paying for their ad budgets. This is where we got cut off last time. So let's start again. What brands of lighters and cutters are you using? And can one correlate cost and quality? Because in the barbecue world, we use this term, buy the best and only cry once. Is that the same for cigar accessories? With lighters, no. 
and with cutters to a certain degree. I, I use the Calibri SV cutter. It's a deep V cutter on one side. It's a straight cutter on the other. Hmm. Uh, I believe they use a German steel blade. All I know is that I've cut 10,000 times with this thing. I mean, the, the finish is wearing off the black and it still is sharp as the day I bought it. And I'm not even particular. I cut through the cellophane on customer cigars. If they ask for a cut, I don't even take it out. I just cut right through it. It cuts every time. There's no problems. So this is about 88 bucks. It's on the upper middle of cutter pricing at $88. When it comes to lighters, the only lighter you need is the Vertigo Cyclone. It's the best that there is. This one's been through the washer and dryer three, four times. Uh, I've been into four different countries, six different states. I've flown with it. I've never been caught by TSA. I, I mean, I literally throw it in my carry-on in my shaving kit, and I go wherever I go, this lighter goes. Hmm. It's the best, and they're 13 bucks. There's a lot of different lighters out there at a lot of different price ranges, and I'm maybe a little over green as far as where my knowledge base is on this. What I've come to find on lighters is the number of jets correlating to the ring size of your cigar could potentially be a problem. You know, that cyclone you have is a three jet uh, lighter. Some of them are four jets. Would you say that if you have a smaller ring gauge lighter, you would want to be looking for something that at least is giving you a flame tip so you're not just jetting down the whole side slash wrapper of the cigar and, and charring it up? Or should you turn the output down in order to stay away from that? Uh, you could turn it down a little bit. Uh, and I'm I'm actually hoping that this thing doesn't run out of fuel. I intentionally grabbed a lighter that's a little low in case you asked me to show some maintenance. But um, the, the whole key to using any lighter is the hottest part of the flame is way up at the tip. And mm -hmm. where those three jets, it just went out. Where those three jets come together, that's the hottest part of the flame. So even on a 38 ring gauge Lancero, you're going to aim for the center line of the cigar and above with your flame. Let me give it a little shake here. Uh, and that's where you're going to be doing your lighting from. So even up to five jets, you can still light a very thin, small cigar and not scorch the wrapper if you're careful. All right, so you've gone out of fuel there. And let's talk about maintenance for a second, because every spring, I would encourage anybody who's got any kind of grill to do a spring cleaning, if you will, bust the guts out, do the whole big scrape out, all the leftover remnants of, you know, because I would hate to say that maybe somebody left some grease in, it's uh, coagulated there over the winter, and now it's starting to warm back up again, get a little loose, slimy, it's probably gone rancid at this point. What about on your uh, accessories for cigars? How do you keep those in proper working order? Every time you fill a lighter, you really should go through this process. Uh, you get your lighter upside down. And uh, the, the key is, and I'm not even going to show the brand name of butane, the key on the butane, they all buy their butane from the same factory mm. if the seal's in the top. So it doesn't matter what it says on the front, but when you go to fill your lighter, you'll notice that mine's not filling all the way. And there's, there's this little remnant piece here, mm -hmm. which is just back pressure. And what'll stop a lighter from working 98% of the time is that back pressure. So a little pin, something that can depress that valve to let the pressure out. And now when I go to fill this up, I'll be able to fill it all the way to the top. And boom, hmm. 
Now I have a completely full lighter. I've got all my pressure and I can control the flame much better. Hmm. Nice simple tip right there. So, and you want to do that every time you fill up. So. Every time you fill it. Right. Yeah. You, why leave with a half a tank of gas? And, and if you get past the 50% mark with back pressure, the lighter is going to appear to be broken. And I'm going to tell you, when I say 98% of the time, it's probably 99% of the time. Hmm. People think I'm a genius when it comes to lighters. And it's the exact same lesson I give to every rookie that starts in the shop. Bleed the lighter, fill the lighter. And if it still doesn't work, then come get me. Mr. J, spring has finally arrived, at least in Cleveland. The weather's finally broke. It's the first time in recent memory I don't have the heater to the left of me actually running to keep me warm here in the basement. Summer soon to follow, obviously. So there's going to be a lot of weddings kicking off here shortly. Those events certainly go with cigars. What are your best suggestions for sticks to bring in an event like this? And what are some other things to consider besides brand alone? Uh you're going to need a jet lighter like the cyclone you're going to need a cutter at the very least and then i'm a retired wedding disc jockey semi-retired i have one coming up this sunday um the the big key is that the bride is going to lose her mind at the 50 minute mark when all the dudes are smoking cigars outside and the party is going on so if you go with a robusto a robusto is five by fifty uh, that is going to burn for about 45 minutes. You get everybody the same cigar. So let's say you got a wedding of 200 people. You're going to need roughly 40 cigars to satisfy the people that are willing to smoke because you lose half of your audience because they're by and large women and they're not going to smoke. You're going to have a small percentage of the men that are absolutely not going to smoke. So you're going to have 40 guys that want to smoke and those are the party guys. So Give them 45 minutes, let them blow off some steam and do some man shit, and then their cigars are going to go out and they're going to be ushered inside and go ahead and have the party. You want everybody to have the same cigar, you want it to be controlled in length, and you'll be ready to, to have the DJ kick things off. Should the buyer of the cigar do any advanced recon on the party to suss out any particular cigar lovers or aficionados versus folks just smoking it because it's there to smoke? That's such a good question, and I really appreciate you as an interviewer because you go outside the box. Uh, the answer is no. <laughs> you don't need to do any extra research because guys like myself, I'm a seasoned cigar smoker. I am not showing up anywhere without cigars for me, without some mild cigars for other people. So the people that are real cigar smokers are not relying on the mother of the bride supplying cigars for the cigar bar. We're bringing our own because we're going to smoke our brand and talk about how awesome our brand is. So absolutely not. You don't need to know who smokes what, what they like. It doesn't matter. It's a free cigar and put it out. Let people do their thing. You should have somebody watching the table so the cigars don't grow legs. But short of that, get something mild that anybody can smoke. We're talking about a wedding here specifically, but does the cigar suggestion that you're making vary from event to event for instance you know we referenced the wedding but does it change for a birth of a child graduation from high school or college or it doesn't matter for those types of events where the event itself could potentially be outside you can go with a longer cigar you're dealing if you're doing a high school graduation you want a bigger cigar for the picture uh, if your birth of a child and you're hanging out with, you know, maybe you got a couple of different generations. You want to extend that time. So go with a Churchill, something a little longer and bigger. 
that really will give you the time to be able to relish that occasion. I have an hour to kill before my ribs are done, and hopefully nobody's doing the three, two, one method. We'll get into that a little bit later on, different portion of the show. What size should I be smoking, and how does the size affect the burn time? I think we referenced that a little bit with Robusto 540 and being away for 50 minutes at a wedding, but is there anything else building on that if we're cooking ribs? If you're smoking for an hour, that's the amount of time you have, whether they're resting or you've got an hour left on your cook. Uh, Toro is going to be the, the a six inch cigar is going to be what you want. And the, the ring gauge itself. So our, everyone knows a ring gauge is one sixty fourth of an inch. So a 64 ring gauge cigar would be exactly one inch across the diameter, a 60 ring gauge cigar and a 50 ring gauge cigar at six inches burn roughly an hour plus or minus because a thicker ring gauge has more tobacco in it. Usually lower primings. The cherry burns a little hotter. It doesn't present hotter on the mouth because there's so many more airways that that smoke can go through. But by and large, a 60 ring gauge and a 50 ring gauge smoke for the same amount of time. So if you've got a, an hour to burn, you want a six inch cigar, somewhere between 50 and 60 ring gauge, and you're a happy camper. Mr. J, what's coming up on the upcoming Cigar Authority podcast that you would like to tell us about why we should be tuning in live on Saturday? Uh, we've got an interview that Dave says is the interview that he's been waiting to do for uh, the entire time we've been doing the show. We're in our 13th year. Wow. He's excited about this interview, and I know what it is, mm. and I'm excited about it. I can't say what it is. It's it's just one of those things where it'll just have to come out on the show, but I know the amount of editing that went into this interview, and I can tell you off the air, and you'll get a kick out of it, but... Uh, and you'll understand when you see the show why it was a big deal. But yeah, it, there's a there's an important interview happening this week. I'm not going to say who I think it is, but because I think it might be something that I hear replay every so often about taste of something, that's the first thing that comes uh, uh, to my mind. No, it's not. Oh, it's it not? Is not Bill, it oh, is not Bill damn Bear. it. Look at me being all coy. <laughs> Oh, that, that was, was good. Yeah, all right. See, I mean, good. a new listener, but I am actively listening to everything too at the same time. No doubt about it. Uh, last question before I let you go here, and I always appreciate the time here, Mr. J. Retro hailing. Snobs only? I've tried it, and I hate it. I don't like it either. The So according to Nick Cutro, who wrote uh, Cigar Bliss, it's a book. If you want to know more than you need to know about the sense of smell and the sense of taste, and how it correlates with cigars and flavors. Pick up that book. It's about 30 bucks. It's a pretty easy read. There's a lot of pictures, so it worked well for me. Uh, according to him, the act of chewing causes a little retronasal activity, and it's just enough to be able to get all the subtle nuances out of the smoke. So if you are not someone, and I don't like to do it, if you don't want to put a metric shit ton of, of smoke through your nasal passage, then you just blow the smoke out, close your mouth, chew a little bit, and you get enough play back and forth mm. in your olfactory that you'll be able to pull out additional flavors. You do not need to force that smoke. In fact, it's not good for your sense of smell long-term to push hot smoke through your nasal cavity. Well, that's good because I, I feel like I should be making more of an effort to do that as I'm smoking cigars, but then I always go back to, well, I'm the one smoking the cigar, and if I'm getting enjoyment doing it X or Y, then I'll just continue to do that and not worry about if I'm pushing smoke through my nose or not. 
No true words have ever been That's spoken. You got to do you, boo. Mr. Jonathan is here telling us all about cigars in only the way that he can. You can watch him live every Saturday on the Cigar Authority uh, live show, which is also then turned into a podcast. So you can find that on all the podcast platforms. Mr. J, always appreciate the time, and we will do it again soon. All right, my man. Thanks so much. You got it. There he is. That's Mr. J right there. All guests appear via the Oklahoma Joe's Rider Deluxe Pellet Grills hotline. You can find him... And it's fleeting, I guess, from what I heard the most recent show on YouTube, Facebook, but then they're also on a couple different uh, outlier uh, video platforms as well. Rumble, MeWe, Odyssey, things like this. So if for some reason YouTube pushes them out, which is what I'm hearing for any cigar content creator, that's something I'm into right now. That's why you're hearing about it. But Mr. J, great guest. All right, uh, quickly before we wrap, I'll talk to you about Green Mountain Grills. Uh, there are some new updates, but I can't pass anything along at this point yet. But I have talked to Jason Baker, so there is some news on that front uh, breaking as we're talking here this evening. But you can get a prime line or a choice line. You can get one that is just the right size for you if you're looking for tech and internal meat probes and peak windows. Prime line is what you're going to look at if you want to save some money. Choice line is the one you're going to want to look at. Also, only sold through dealers. So go to greenmountaingrill.com, find a dealer near you, visit the dealer, get educated, buy the size that best fits your need, and then buy the pizza of an insert because you love high heat pizza. We all do. And then you're ready to go. Don't worry about having to return it because you don't know how to use it. You're all educated at the dealer. Dealer level. That's what we love. Greenmountaingrill.com. We are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, we are back. We thank Mr. Jonathan from the Cigar Authority for joining us last segment. This brought to you by the Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth. So if you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, your luck. Fireboard further integrated with both. Find out more by visiting fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. And we say a special congratulations to Johnny Mags, who posted last week his gift that he got from the folks over at Fireboard. He got his Fireboard Spark, if you can believe it. So he's very excited to give that a whirl, and I'm excited to get his opinion on that. We thank Mr. Jonathan again from the Cigar Authority Podcast for joining us last segment, talking about size of cigars for weddings, for other type of special occasions, lighter maintenance if you're already a cigar appreciator of some size or shape, how you need to keep that lighter working. You too can be a cigar authority on how to maintain your lighter and then pass that information along to your pals that like it. Also, we thank our first guest, Tim Shear, 50% of the team that won Memphis and May's World Championship this past weekend. By the way, I just did get a follow-up email from Brad Leiniger, and uh, he's definitely not stiffing the show for any other reason than he has a really good reason for missing the show, and uh, we pass along our good thought to Brad and all that is involved with what he has going on here this evening, and certainly sorry to hear that he is uh, doing that, but I'm not going to spill his beans. But follow him on social media. He might do it. 
All right, we are pointing to the second hour. Refresh libations, and we'll be right back. Stick around.